0: Five, four, three, two, one.
1: Welcome to another bonus episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn Podcast, your premier podcast for the Toronto Define and the Vancouver Titans. I'm Chris at Lightforce, back in the host seat, stealing back the podcast from that one-man watch point takeover. By the solo extraordinaire artist, Jordan at Sir Dr. JM. I'm going to call you Sir Doctor Deadlift J M. <laughs> moving forward. But welcome back, thank you, Jordan. Thank you.
2: I, uh, I, I heard from the fans. They all reached out to me on Twitter and said, we don't want you in the host chair. Bring back Chris. Uh, there, was, there was a hashtag trending I mean, for all of, you know, at least two minutes. Hashtag bring back Chris. Yeah. So I had to concede.
1: I, I will admit I was quite surprised that one of those fans was your mom. Please, but, you think my mom uh, could hey, I mean, so, I mean, this is completely off the rails. Absolutely not Overwatch League uh, related. Um, but on my Vancouver Canucks podcast, my co-host Anna, her mom <laughs> listens to our show. And she comments in that. And so it's so awesome that at least one of the two mothers listens. I could not for the life of me you know, walk my mom and how to listen to podcast, but she knows I have one. So, I mean, maybe my, that's my parents
2: know that I, uh, that I have my own and that I'm on one. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think my dad really listens to podcasts. He's pretty tech savvy, but I just, I don't think he has ever had any interest. So
1: well, if he did, do you think, uh, Overwatch League would be, uh, the area he gravitates uh, towards?
2: Hard to say. Uh, maybe, maybe if we had a team in Calgary, I'd take him out to an event or something, but, uh, still working on that.
1: Well, I mean, the reason we're going a little, uh, screwy here is we've done something we have never done before where we have recorded essentially a daily show over the course of four days uh, and, uh, truth be told, I think we bit off more than I thought we could chew, or let me rephrase that. I bit off more than I think we could all chew, but, uh, thank you, Jordan for being here. You know, every step of the way, uh, Omni, to uh, start he's actually, uh, dealing with some, uh, things outside of, uh, the podcast in the real world, which quite frankly take greater priority than any of this. Um, but uh, I'm truly appreciative of, of. The efforts of both of you obviously with the show, but then everything that you've done, including, you know, picking up the slack last night while I was out gallivanting around downtown Vancouver. So thank you. It was so fun.
2: Much. It was a lot of fun, honestly. Uh and and the Toronto organization over Active Media people uh were really great hooking all this up, hooking us up with uh, some some press access, albeit virtually, but uh it was fun to make some connections and uh, you know, get to be quote unquote in the room with uh with some of the players mm-hmm. and coaches
1: and staff so agreed it was pretty cool and again for you as a listener i mean that access that we're able to provide you is simply because of uh, quite frankly you know overacted me toronto defiant that organization were the ones who made this happen for us they reached out to us and, and ultimately, you know, provided us an opportunity to, to connect you with them. And I, I, I know we have talked very candidly, but also, you know, very highly of, of everything that that organization does. And, you know, I think it would be remiss for us to not, to uh, not thank them. And then trust me, uh, I will be thanking them for, for many moons to come, but let's talk a little bit about the, the Final day of the summer showdown uh, finals Sunday as it was being uh, billed. The Toronto defiant having had a phenomenal Saturday um, made themselves an opportunity to potentially make your pickums <laughs> prognostication. Yes. Perfect. I would say
2: that uh, I, I hope you and Alex were both surprised at how close my,
1: my pickums came to true. Hey, it, it, okay. Well, close to true. I honestly, considering who won, spoiler alert, Dallas. I don't know the way Dallas is playing. If there's really anyone that was uh, in a position to be able to, to beat them, but getting the teams correct. Uh, yeah, it was, that was something else, but, uh, we will. Well, obviously, recap uh, the uh, the day that was. Share a few thoughts. We've got some behind the scenes uh, access. A uh, conversation with Moby Dick. A question or two that he had answered uh, for us. And uh, we'll leave you off uh, with the uh, the Dallas Fuel's press conference. Everything that they had said. You can hear it for yourself without our interjection. Uh, you'll get that at the end of the show. But uh, before we get there, let's uh, dive into the payload.
0: Moving the payload. Join me
1: after a thrilling match last night or yesterday. I mean, I guess it depends on perspective where the Toronto defiant beat the Florida mayhem three to two in uh, what I can only describe as a banger of a match. There were some high, high hopes that the Toronto defiant would be able to continue that momentum against the San Francisco shock who arguably um, are the, You know, number two team in this tournament, uh, Dallas obviously being number one clearly, but also after beating the shock there. And not to suggest that Toronto had a a significant hill to climb, but everything that we saw them do, uh, to get to this point, the dominant win over Washington, the just outright beat down of the Houston outlaws and everything they did to beat this Florida mayhem team who came out of nowhere. Like I, I, there's a part of me that wonders, did they throw the match against Houston just to (laughs) take the quote unquote easy route? Because the Houston that played or the Florida that played against Houston was not the Florida that played against the Titans, the Spitfire or the, or the defiant. But again, the defiant get through so again, going into this match, Jordan, I know your pickems had Toronto winning, but having seen and witnessed everything that you had, did you were you still confident Toronto was going to win this match? Uh,
2: the San Francisco match, I wouldn't go as far as to say confident, um, but I thought they stood a pretty decent chance. Um, I, I think one thing that has become more and more clear over the season uh, is the fact that the San Francisco shock, I think, get by largely on individual skill. Now it's probably the highest Mm -hmm. level of individual skill we see on almost any team. Um, you know, the East notwithstanding just because I don't follow them as closely. Um, but I think where you've seen the gladiators edge them out before and other teams is the team play. It's working as a team, working as a unit, working as a group and not, having one or two superstars but having a team that works together and makes everyone look like a superstar and so Mm -hmm. i think that even in this tournament that was clear uh the way the vancouver titans played against them um the their match against houston and then finally the match against toronto um it was even in those matches even in the match against toronto it was clear at times that when toronto is able to work as a team they look like that top caliber and the San Francisco Shock get by with proper getting amazing picks. Actually, I think, I mean, we'll go into the match, but uh, Kaluge was kind of a standout to me in in the match. I think Kaluge mm-hmm. actually has been, uh, had a very impressive uh, showing on, on Junker Queen. Um, but going into that final uh, against Dallas, I did think that Dallas was going to do exactly what the Gladiators did to the Shock. Um, they were going to show them that, yeah, Maybe some of our players uh, don't have as high a skill ceiling, but us as a whole, as a unit, we raise each other up. We know each other. I mean, that's one thing about Dallas is that they played, basically the entire team played together last season. Uh, They have an existing relationship Mm -hmm. with their coach and everything like that. Um, And I think that's really, especially in this meta, that was going to shine above the individual skill no matter what.
1: And, you know, prior to the actual match itself, that was actually a, a comment that had come up in the broadcast is that there was some concern that the way the San Francisco shock played was not as sort of a yeah. cohesive unit. It was through the not maybe deadlift mm-hmm. of proper, but you know, poured mm-hmm. in proper and hope he can make yeah. it happen. Um, and I think the San Francisco shock that we saw against the Toronto defiant evolved mm-hmm. somewhat to not simply be, you know, m- improper we (laughs) we live and we die but um you know if you look at just the start of the match toronto came in knowing that not only were i don't want to say expectations were low but like they were in that sort of space of we got nothing to lose and we know we're good like you and i had sort of commented during the match in rsp discord how like one Where has this confidence that we've seen from the Toronto Mm -hmm. Defiant these last few matches, Mm -hmm. but this particular map been all season long. And if you listen to our show, we've talked about this. A confident Toronto Defiant is a Toronto Defiant team that wins. Now, it's okay to have confidence and lose. I'm not suggesting losses are obviously good things, but you should never allow for one map to go askew to impact you mentally. And you just play with that confidence. Know you're good. And almost be overconfident because that's actually some of the things that we have seen some mm-hmm. these top-tier teams. Mm-hmm. They are overconfident, they make mistakes, but that overconfidence they know they can they can win it. San Francisco Shock is a great example of this, where I think in this match, Toronto threw everything they possibly mm-hmm. could at them and did pretty much everything that they needed to do to put themselves mm-hmm. in a winning condition up until Coliseo. Yeah. But the San Francisco Shock said okay we know what we're capable of and now that you've sort of set Mm -hmm. the bar we're going to just beat Mm -hmm. it just that much but you know looking at just nepal alone like it it, they came out just just havin like you kilo was a Mm non-entity for the duration of this match um in fact on um was it to temple um they had lost track of uh Chorong and Someone found himself getting booped, which is which bit. was
2: surprising as well because it's usually pretty hard to boop a Genji,
1: but it, it happened. <laughs> yeah, and it's you know like there 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 are and all these different things that were occurring, and in Toronto is just playing aggressive. At one point, they're out there touching spawn. And they're, they're going on this aggressive chase to create the stagger. Like, this is the Toronto Defiant that we, we've not been accustomed to see over the course of, of the season. Now, something that actually had come out uh, this weekend, uh, from, from Adam Grayson on, on Twitter is he commented that, uh, you know, when people ask what has changed, it's good to have Aldo and Stella here. Yeah. I noticed that which, too. And I, I know that they're, they would, we're going through different visa issues, but I would curious as to how long they weren't mm-hmm. present and how long they had mm-hmm. all been distributed. But, but regardless, I mean, the, the Toronto fan came out just, just a flying in Nepal. And arguably after that mm-hmm. first map, people are like, whoa, this, this team is mm-hmm. the real deal. So we get into Hollywood. San Francisco has chosen this map and. Honestly, I thought Toronto started off extremely well. Um, they, they had momentum. Uh, they were able to go in and chase the San Francisco shock off of, off of the high ground after capping the first point. In fact, you know, arguably on on point A, but what the shock were able to do was then stall the defiant, burn off enough that clock that the defiant ultimately did not get to that, you know, the, the studio cap and therefore a second point cap into the studio. And again, it, it creates this condition of San Francisco knowing there's where we need to mm-hmm. get to.
2: Yeah. It, it almost it felt like it, you know, worked against the uh, Toronto defiant uh, being on the attack first, right? Because then it sets that wind condition for, uh, for San Francisco, which unfortunately was, was not quite uh, as far as they would have liked it. I'm sure.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think again, Toronto did very yep. well. Like they burnt a uh, clock on that first point. Um, Like they put San Francisco in a position where they were going to have to have a very efficient escort. The problem is San Francisco had a very efficient <laughs> exactly escort, that. Yeah. right? Like, it, yeah. And, you know, we then go into a map like uh, Dorado. This is the defiance pick having lost. And what does Toronto do on attack? They get out of spawn relatively well. It took a bit to get the payload, you know, under, th- under through the overpass, but at no point was Toronto not that's- getting picks. And I think the alt economy is then what really swung into Toronto's favor. Yeah, progress wasn't there, but uh, like Hesu had Bob, I think, before they were coming through. I want to say Jerong had his beat pretty quick. Yeah,
2: that's. I mean, everything you're saying is is totally right. Like it wasn't like, One team was steamrolling the other it was a lot of sort of uh or at least at the very start it was a longer drawn out fight with with nobody really getting picks but everyone just building percentage and then eventually i think uh i think things opened up with with hisu getting a pick on violet and they were rolling from there and and it (laughs) looked good just like hollywood it looked good they had um plenty of time they they got the cart moving relatively quickly um, or in the case of Hollywood, they capped relatively quickly. Um, and again, it just, it looked good. It didn't look bad. It looked like a top tier team, uh, pushing back against another top tier team, honestly.
1: And I mean, we haven't pointed out Kilo had at this point switched over from Sojourn yep. to Ash. So this is almost proving what, what, uh, Hisu had mm-hmm. said to me. Yeah, Ash is yeah. viable. I think we can make it work, provides better utility. And it's interesting because we've not seen many people go from Sojourn to Ash to play the, yeah. the mirror. Now, the thing about this, though, is the San Francisco shock. Once you get into that, you know, third point in, in, inside, they were able to, to slow that Toronto uh, defiant progress down. And again, we know where we need to get to. And the, the problem here is that Toronto did extremely well just out, out of spawn. I think they won two team fights. There was little progress. But then uh, I think it was Kilo got a pick on Hisu. Toronto smartly withdrew. But that progress that San Francisco then got allowed them to continue the push. And we started to see maybe the investment of of some alts that uh, shouldn't have been um, like hot Buff, for instance, uh, just before they went through doors, popped a rampage in a, in a fight that, okay, maybe it's 50, 50, but the, I believe if I remember correctly, um, Toronto didn't have the, the support supremacy. And so when they weren't able to follow up, Caluge, I mean, he had his rampage and he held on to it. Um, and when San Francisco wins that fight, now you've seen the shift and at this point is when proper started to, to become a little more dominant. Like he was constantly going through the flank and you know, you had pointed out when you look at the Toronto defiant, who would you say they were trying to take down?
2: Um, <laughs> I'm honestly not, not sure. Uh, did I, did I say something? Earlier I, if I,
1: no, no. So it was, it, you would actually say something about who San Francisco is focusing but if you were to go in and look at what was who is Toronto trying to focus, I think maybe proper, but I actually would agree maybe it's the yeah. I don't know. Like there wasn't very clear who they wanted to go yeah. after first. What was San Francisco doing? Yeah. Where's Hotba? Let's yeah. delete him. Like there is a point on on Dorado where Proper is just chasing Hotba mm-hmm. around and lining up shurikens yeah. to his head. Yeah, like the and, entire and time.
2: Was, I mean, it's th- this. Th- little bit of a sidebar, but this is so much fun because we have so many comparison points from this tournament. We literally can look back to every single day in the tournament and we have uh, a match to look at. And in you know the case of yesterday, we have two matches to look at. So it was really interesting to compare this match or in past days to compare previous matches to the others, because we saw Toronto doing well at so many different things and we saw how other teams were able to do well against them particularly Florida Mm -hmm. against Toronto so when Toronto played I know I just said Florida but when Toronto played Houston they were able to focus down uh certain players very quickly and it was clear that Houston was not focusing down Hotba and he was getting some really impressive rampages. He was hitting three or four on almost every one. He would drop down seemingly out of nowhere and get a ton of them. And then they would just clean it up. But then against Florida, we saw that they kind of identified that and they were playing a lot more split up. They were not grouping up together or as tightly as Houston did. And so when we come to this match with San Francisco, they, I don't know if they necessarily identified that from one of those matches, but they basically took the the third option and said, "Let's get him." And Hotbow was going down so frequently; he was not hitting a ton with those rampages. It was it was almost like a combination um, of or an adaptation of what Florida did, where it seemed like with Florida, Hotbo was only ever able to get maybe two, maybe there was the occasional three um, with his rampage. But then it seemed like against San Francisco, I don't know that Hoppa was able to land more than, you know, more than a couple big rampages the whole match, which was a problem, right? That's, that's a big part of why Toronto was able to get those picks against Houston um, is because they were hitting so many rampages, so many big rampages. And then on the opposite side of that, you saw, I mean, again, in in my opinion, Toronto, not necessarily focusing down someone. Um, It was almost like, Uh, when Hisu would be targeting someone, you didn't necessarily see a ton of focus on that person. Whereas I kind of think maybe that would have worked out better if Hisu had been able to call out, you know, I'm focusing on Violet and uh, everyone that can tries to, you know, collapse on the same person or um, not necessarily collapse in physical distance, but just in in focusing their attacks. Um, Because that seemed to be what, uh San Francisco was able to do the number of times I have in my notes that Kaluj had a really good rampage, or Kaluj just pushes in and the rest of the team works with him to to jump on whoever he's attacking um i I kind of think that, like I said earlier, you know I think Kaluj was almost the difference maker in this match
1: yeah. oh, he was, and in in fact i would I'd have to agree that. And you know, despite proper starting to pop off, Kilo becoming effective, it was really what Kaluj was able to do in the dominance that he was able to assert. Like on Dorado, really the only moment as to which maybe Kaluj had even made a mistake was just before they got inside. He pops his rampage, um, in a, in a clear fight that was over. Um, like it, it, I actually had commented how, you know, hot, actually hit around the corner. And yet the way the junker queen alt hit boxes apparently yes, hiding I, behind a wall doesn't you protect that. you. <laughs> like, but I mean, th- I think it was like a one V three and Kaluge is just like, yeah, I'm that <laughs> OP. Um, but, um, but no, I mean, it, it, it again, Presented an issue where the San Francisco shock were able to sort of more cohesively play around sort of that team environment. And, and I think maybe at this point is where you started to see Toronto, not maybe make mistakes, but play with a little less confidence. It's like, well, we've done everything we can possibly mm-hmm. do and we've done it so well, but yeah. it's not working. Right. And unfortunately they were able to go and keep that payload moving once they got it inside and, and Toronto just had no real ability to, to slow it down. There was a point where maybe uh he Sue Bob could have been the mm-hmm. difference maker. Um, but the, where, you know, position is to which he threw Bob San Francisco just goes and hides behind the wall. And then it's like, well, there was our, our last yeah. chance. And oh, well, well. And,
2: and to, I mean, to your point, like that was something that I think in a lot of ways I actually thought was a really good adaptation on Toronto's part is towards the end of this map, as, as you mentioned, you know, uh, there was a point where he, throws the Bob and it looks like it's going to split up the group and, uh, hold them off long enough to burn some of the clock, but, and maybe get a pick or two, but San Francisco basically just says, that's okay. We'll give you the space at that point. They also had a Bob, I believe they had a couple other alts. So mm-hmm. they just, I think they had a, they had a Bob and they a, just and wrap a blade, around behind, a, a, that sort of center area, Hide a little bit, let the bob run out. Then they push back in. And when I am talking about the adaptation on Toronto's part, I actually thought they kind of took that or, or, you know, maybe subconsciously took that into the push map, which we come into next, which of course was Coliseo. Yeah. And you did actually see a number of times where, I mean, to the point of the map, it really did work out that there was this kind of tug of war quite often where San Francisco would be pushing in. And if they had an advantage or they got a pick early, Toronto would back off. And then it would swing the other way. And Toronto would push in. Maybe Hisu opens up with a pick on Violet, which did happen a a few times, um, or a pick on someone else. And San Francisco would say, okay, Mm -hmm. there's no point investing in this fight. And they would back off. And I kind of really felt like it wasn't until partway through Dorado that we started to see Toronto play that game a little more. And then, like I say, moving into uh, Coliseo, we did see that um, quite a a few times, actually.
1: Well, and and that's where, I mean to that point in Coliseo, like the first minute of the map was just
2: in that main first lane kind of thing. I don't even know what to call that area.
1: And then, and then Kilo got caught out of position, tried to slide by so and Mm -hmm. deleted him. And the moment that occurred, you saw Toronto push and yeah, to your point, San Francisco withdrew. And yeah. And then once uh, Kilo was sort of back within, within range, uh, San Francisco got a pick and uh, proper, ended up actually getting two, but Toronto was in the process of withdrawal. Yeah. It just, they had, they had committed the push and then suddenly it's, we're caught, you know, trying to go the opposite actually direction. It's
2: so funny to hear you say that. Cause if, if I read my notes exactly, it starts with twilight gets a pick on kilo. They're pushing in hard. San Francisco disengages. And then it says prop proper gets a pick on hisu Toronto oversteps. San Francisco pushes back in like that. That was the story of this yeah. match.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and coming out of that—that that essentially that initial fight, Proper had like seventy-five percent mm-hmm. of an alt charge, um, and be getting that first alt that differentiated the progress. San Francisco was able to build a relatively big lead, and to Toronto's mm-hmm. credit, they yeah. played smart. They were able to go and at one point, I think, get close to where San Fran had it. Like San Fran had been stalled just before the the butt scratch. Toronto had tried to return the favor, but this back and forth that took place, San Fran came back, they met in the middle. And I, I want to say it was, was Cho That might've been dropped pretty soon. I, I, I don't think it was twilight. Um, but when you lose that one support or you lose your, your junker queen, that shift can be a little too dynamic. And, that I- and again, that, that's where San Francisco then finally, they just got too much progress. Toronto was in a position where they would have almost needed a miracle. The, the to moment
2: you're talking about, I think um, if I'm not mistaken, it was just before uh, San Francisco capped the, that first kind of checkpoint. Uh, Chorong went mm-hmm. down and he was, I think at 96 or 94, 97% to his sound barrier. And if it had just come a few seconds later, he might've been able to drop that and it would have stopped, uh, stopped San Francisco's, ability to take control um i also have at that moment that that proper actually had pulled blade um but and it ran out but because they got that pick on on chorong it didn't matter and they took the fight and that then enabled them to get that checkpoint and we know how dangerous that that first well the only checkpoint in a push map can be
1: yeah but uh, regardless, again, you know, Toronto did everything they could possibly do. San Francisco on this particular day happened to be the better team. I mean, it may be possible that San Francisco is a better team on most days, but Toronto did not roll over. And honestly, when we talk about, you know, 3-1 scores as being close, this was a close yep. 3-1. Toronto in really, I mean, the only map where it was a clear winner? Yep. Coliseo. Right, Toronto, Toronto had a, a heck of a run on Hollywood. Well, okay, no, Nepal. Toronto clearly won Nepal. But on Hollywood and Dorado, yeah, San Francisco got both. And it's it's maybe championship. Well, and, and it
2: does, you know, looking back at this match and looking at just looking at the, the score and reviewing the notes on how everything went and, and all that fun stuff. Um I I really feel like if Toronto had managed to um you know I, I think most likely if they had gotten another map it would have been Dorado I think they they had maybe the nicest map there outside of Nepal um if they had managed to get that uh even if they lost this push map and then it went back to control it could have been a totally well, different I, story like how much fun would that agreed. have been if it went 5 um especially after you know um I mean It'd be such a back and forth match if if that had happened with Toronto taking Nepal San Francisco gets Hollywood then like I say Toronto gets Dorado maybe uh Coliseo goes to San Francisco and then we go to uh, I don't know Lijiang or something like that um oh it it just would have been so exciting to go to five in front of the home crowd uh all that mm-hmm. stuff um you know could it could have been the prophecy could have come true it could have been the Dallas against Toronto match that I had hoped for
1: yeah I agree. So the way the post-match press conferences went is we would normally get two players from the winning team. And in this particular case, because San Francisco was going to have this quick turnaround and have to play Dallas, we were told beforehand there's a good chance we won't be able to have anyone. Um The league then came back sort of midway through this match saying, hey, we might be able to maybe get players from from the losing team. They might but, not want to talk. You no know, guarantees. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, we sort of get that. And then they had said, uh, Moby Dick is going to, to join. And so, well, this is phenomenal. We'll be able to, you know, speak to the coach. And I was curious because I felt Toronto had done everything that they could possibly do well. And I'd asked Moby Dick, like, you know, based on this, was there anything that you might change? Um, you know, in hindsight to, to do something differently outside of win. Obviously everyone would love to be able to just change that (laughs) magical mode. Um, and, here are his thoughts on that.
3: 일단 저는 물론 저희를 이긴 샌프란시스코 쇼크가 잘해서 이긴 거겠죠 아무래도. 근데 한 가지 아쉬웠던 거는 저희가 이제 할수 있었던 플레이들이 정말 많았고 그 상황 속에 주어져 있던 이제 저희가 약속을 해놨던 혹은 이제 그 상황에서 내릴 수 있었던 결정들이 좋은 결정들이 너무 많았는데 아무래도 어 모르겠어요 선수들이 좀 압박감을 느꼈는지 그 상황 속에서 좀더 급하게 게임을 했었고. 그러다 보니까 이제 저희의 실수 혹은 손해가 너무 많이, 이, 그, 오다 보니까, 예, 거, 그 부분에서 좀 많이 아쉬웠던 것 같아요. 사실, 개인적으로, 뭐, 생활전에서도 저희의 전략은 잘 통했다고 생각을 하거든요. 근데, 이제 화물맵 넘어가면서부터 저희가 운영적인 부분이나 혹은, 그, 그 템포적인 부분에서 갑자기 이제 저희가 자신감을 잃어버리는 상황이 나와버려가지고, 그것 아니었다면, 솔직히,
4: San Francisco shock, uh, won against us. So I would say that they did, uh, a pretty good, perf- uh, they showed a pretty good performance coming into, um, losers finals. But I guess from our end, I guess one thing that I really want to point out is that there were the moments that we could have made the players a place. And there were situations that we needed to, uh, make a good, uh, team-based decisions. But I think, uh, I don't know if it was the pressure that they're getting, uh, in terms of like, um, Going into the winners, uh, finals. Uh, sorry, losers finals, <laughs> losers finals or uh, the long run that we had throughout the tournament, but they kind of like themselves and then it piled up the mistakes and um, the losses that we shouldn't have made. Cause I think uh, we showed our good strategy and performance as a team and control maps before. So, um, as we move into hybrid and escort maps, I think in terms of how we operate the game and controlling the tempo of the game, I think our players can like uh, lack the confidence into it. So if we were able to overcome that, uh, I think we could have actually won the match.
1: I find it interesting um, that he talks about feeling the pressure um, and, and wanting to impress. Like he sort of alluded to that. I mean, the other thing he said is we have these high expectations. We would make no mistakes. And it's like, Yeah, but all teams make mistakes. San Francisco made mistakes, Mm -hmm. right? It's just, this is, this is sort of a course of action. So I, I, I find it interesting. He's, he's almost implying that perfection (laughs) is required and maybe that's what's required to beat a team like the San Francisco shock. I don't know. But the other piece of the, the puzzle is you sort of talked about the pressure on the nerves and wanting to impress because again, it's, it's home team in front of the home crowd. And this has been sort of a common theme, like, you know, Every, every press conference that Toronto was in, I believe the question came up. Hey, what do you think about the fans? What do you think about the fans? What do you think about the fans? They're like, Oh, we love it. It's great. It's the energy we're feeding off of it. In fact, Moby Dick was asked about uh, that, uh, that experience and, and what he thought about the fan response. And he actually said, you know, we fed off the energy. It inspired us to, to do so much more. And even when we were down, the energy, just sort of helped recharge us and get us refocused. He talked about how it helped him sort of refocus and re-engage and, you know, try to plan the the next effort. But if there's one thing that's very clear is this home crowd was behind the home team and they made it very clear to both Houston, <laughs> who you would encourage them to boo to boo. I wasn't there for the Florida Mayhem match, but I presume there's probably some booing going on there. And when San Francisco had come out on the stage, they got booed
2: too. I was very pleased to hear that.
1: (laughs) Now, why am I bringing this up? Well, we'll we'll talk about it in a quick moment. But uh, when San Francisco returned to the stage to take on the Dallas uh, Fuel, the Toronto faithful let the San Francisco Shock know who they might be cheering for between the two teams. And suffice to say, there seemed to be a lot of fuel fans that had not been attendance earlier in the weekend there for that final. So I don't know if one, they all, they all flew in for, or two defiant fans decided, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, but they not only sort of booed the San Francisco Shock they made it very clear even throughout all the matches who they were supporting. Now I, who knows, maybe that helped Dallas a little bit, but, uh, the match itself was, I'm not going to say clearly one-sided, <laughs> but pretty one-sided, <laughs> but pretty, pretty one-sided. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the map one Li tower kind of looked like it could go both ways. Yeah. It's like, Oh man, we're in for a barn burner of a match here. And then, uh, Alice goes and you know they drop one they get two okay cool Dallas wins one San Francisco chooses Hollywood same sort of feel here oh this could be a barn burner Dallas just goes and decides mm-hmm. they want to win it then they choose Dorado and Dallas just outright shuts down the San Francisco Shock Shock choose Coliseo and find out what it feels like to be a Toronto Defiant team who just got beaten on Coliseo because guess what the Dallas fuel just outright dominant at this point And I mean it was clearly hand I mean, one of the things that uh, we had talked about earlier is how Coluge really sort of amped up his game against the, the Toronto Defiant. Handbin was just having a yes. field day with the, the San Francisco Shock. But this also sort of plays into the team cohesive. Like Moby Dick was asked who he thought would win. And he actually said prior to this match, oh, Dallas is going to have an easy win. Yeah, Proper's a great player and all, but Dallas actually puts the proper amount of support. Not trying to have a play on words there, but the, the required support into Sparkle and plays a much more team oriented game where San Francisco doesn't necessarily support themselves properly and they don't play well as a team, which I found interesting because I would have argued that San Francisco sort of had been, but you had raised this earlier. San Francisco is a group of very talented individuals. Dallas, maybe not as talented in every role but I don't think there's anyone out there that can argue this team knows each other so well that it's like, it's very 2019, you know, Titans.
2: They, they were, I mean, and and that's, that's the story of Dallas, right? They, you know, last season um, they had basically the same crew. And um, I think if I recall last season, they started off really hot together, kind of waned over the course of the season. Um, But they remained a solid team and a, a, Top performer for most of the the season. I mean, it's funny to look at the um, Toronto match versus the Dallas match here, because other than Nepal in Toronto and Li Zhang in uh, in the Dallas match, it is the same map set, and all of the scores are actually almost the same, except increased by one on both sides. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, against Toronto, uh, Hollywood went two one for San Francisco, and against. Uh, Dallas San Francisco it was 3-2 so it's actually very funny because they they had a almost a warm-up match against the Toronto Defiant uh, in terms of San Francisco but ultimately every everything you said you know is is correct Dallas Dallas was the better team and
1: and they showed why yeah agreed so in a moment We'll uh we'll bring you the entire press conference uh, with the uh, the winning team. They brought out uh, pretty much everyone uh, with the Dallas Fuel in a couple of uh, batches, um, but uh, the uh, reason why I was wanting to talk about how the fans had clearly uh, chosen a favorite favorite is that just a couple of hours ago, Violet uh, made a comment about the fans. Uh, he starts off by saying, Toronto fans were overwhelming because it was Toronto's home stadium, but nevertheless, I'm so grateful to Shock fans who cheered hard, and I'm sorry that I couldn't repay you with the victory. GG's. Okay. No no problem there. And uh, he, however, follows it up by saying, and there's one more thing I want to say when I play against Toronto. I think they can hate us because it's Toronto's home stadium. But even in the final, I don't think Toronto fans need to be sarcastic when
2: we appear. <laughs> he was salty because they weren't cheering for them.
1: Well, and see, this is the thing. I, I, I will concede I have a very North American mindset and it could be that maybe it's sort of Western European too. Generally speaking, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And as fans, we will cheer and support the team whom can beat you right like i i'm a i'm a you know traditional sports fan i'm a very big vancouver canucks fan i hold a grudge over the boston bruins probably will forevermore. and there are many times where if given the opportunity i would be more than happy to support any team that boston bruins might be playing it right like that is how this thing will be for violet to come out and say this and i know there's very few that'll probably read that and say like oh yeah man I totally agree or I totally disagree. I mean, maybe there is, but yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, I, I'm kind of with you about the enemy of my enemy thing. Um, as, as a whole, I would cheer for Dallas over San Francisco. Um, I, I very much am, am it for me personally, it just depends on who's playing. Um, but I, I understand the mentality of, you know, there are people who say, well, if we were in third and you know, the San Francisco shock beat us, then I hope they are the winning team. It means we got beat by the best. I understand Mm -hmm. that mentality. Uh, I personally just would have chosen uh, Dallas over San Francisco.
1: No. And I, you know, that, that's the thing is I also want to make it very clear. Like, He's saying that fans, um, don't think Toronto fans need to be sarcastic when we appear. I'm presumptively believing he's referring to the booing. Like, I'm not suggesting that there should be any derisiveness, um, any derogatory nature to these cheers. It is quite clear you can either be, you know, supportive of the opposition or, you know, express your displeasure. Um, I am, you know, a, a person who generally gravitates towards the quote unquote Bronx cheer which in traditional sports for those that don't realize is when you sarcastically cheer the team you're supporting because they've done something that they may not have been. So a common example is a, a player who has been playing well when they finally make a, a relatively routine play and the fans cheer like as if the other person had won the championship. That's the Bronx cheer. And that that I'm maybe not as big of a fan on, but I, I understand why people do that. But like I'm sorry, if you're not the team I'm cheering for, you're going to hear nothing for me, and I'm going to go out of my way yeah, to cheer okay. for the other team. Yeah. Uh, Anywho, uh, let's bring the uh, Dallas Fuel on into the podcast. Uh, hi, uh, congrats on the win, obviously.
5: Uh, I kind of wanted to start off actually with something we talked about earlier in the tournament. Uh, it's actually for Sparkle. Uh, you mentioned how happy you were to be playing Genji so consistently again in this meta. How does it feel to be proven as the best Genji in the West,
6: at least, once again? I was I was I was 겐지를 최고로 잘하는 선수로 거듭났다는 것 자체 어떤 의미인지 그 어, 기분이 어때?
5: 어
7: 일단은 서부 1등 겐지인 거는 뭐 저뿐만이 아니라 다 알고 있기 때문에 네 딱히 감흥은 없고요 그리고 웨스트가 아니라 월드입니다 감사합니다.
6: So, I don't think I'm the only one who believed that I'm the best Genji or the number one. Rank one Genji in the West. And by the way, I want to correct you. I'm not the best Genji in West. I'm the best Genji in the world.
5: Uh, And then, yeah, this is going to be for each player eventually, but we'll start with just these three. Um, Just tell me who each of you think was uh, your your tournament MVP uh, one by one.
6: 아마 알아들었을 것 같은데 이번 토너먼트의 MVP는 누구라고 생각하는지 한 명씩 돌아가면서 얘기할게요.
7: 어 저는
8: 어, 에디슨 형. 저라고 말하고 싶긴 한데 어 예, 한빈 형이 맞는 것 같아요, 네. 저요. <웃음> <웃음> 한빈이 한빈이. <웃음>
6: Fielder said, Edison, without any hesitation. Chio said, I want to say myself, but I will go ahead and say Hanbin was MVP. Sparkle said, me, just kidding, it's Hanbin.
0: Um, this one's for Chio. So joining a roster that's known for having great synergy um, this season, how did you manage to not only fit in, but also kind of add your own color to the team?
6: 어 치우한테 질문인데 어팀 합이 좋기로 유명한 팀에 합류를 올해 처음 하셨어요. 그래서 어, 어떤 기분인지 그리고 혹시 이 팀에 나만의 컬러를 또좀 섞은 그런 느낌이 나는데?
8: 음 우선 델러스가 원래 저랑 좀 다른 색깔이어서 걱정 많이 했었는데 처음엔 들어오면서 형들이 많이 착해 가지고 빨리 친해져서 좀더 게임적으로도 빨리 적응한 거 같고 그리고 아마 저 덕분에 게임 속도가 조금 더 빨라지지 않았나 생각하네요, 저는.
6: 아, <웃음> uh, so at first i was actually pretty concerned because i had always believed that dallas has a sort of a different color than what i like to do and my own color might be clashing but uh everyone around me so they're like kind of like my older brother they were they're all really sweet and wholesome they made sure that i adjust to the environment and kind of melt into the team very very fast and i feel like ultimately that's why um with me being incorporated into the team, I definitely have been able to successfully help with the team finish things faster. And then Sparkle started laughing at him, and he's like, it's real!
0: Yeah, uh, so um, you guys were pretty much clean-swept, the Shock, in this current meta, three zero, and then I don't think you dropped a single map. So did they get easier or harder to play against uh, every time you went head-to-head?
6: 저희가 어제랑 오늘 둘다 쇼크를 상대로 맵 하나를 지지를 않았잖아요. 하나도 지지 않았는데 어... 게임이 진행이 되면서 좀... 좀 좀더 내가 뭐... 더 쉬워졌다고 생각했는지 아니면 점점 더 어려워졌다고 생각하는지 Which player? 아무나 누가? 음...
8: 우선 처음 할 때는 어제보다 좀더좀더 좀더 어렵다 생각이 들었는데 저희가 잘해서 어쩔찌 첫 라운드를 이기니까 상대방이 어 저희한테 좀 쫄은 느낌이 들어 가지고 그 뒤로는 어제보다 좀더 쉬었던 것 같아요
6: so when we first started out um, with the first map I personally thought that it was harder um, but we played it out pretty well towards the end and got the secured the first map, and I feel like that's what kind of made the enemy falter. So with them doing that, I feel like eventually, for today specifically, it actually ended up becoming easier as the, the match went on.
9: Hey guys, Joseph Downey from Esports News Network. Um, this is a question for each of you here. So... It seemed like your games got uh, progressively easier in terms of scoreline as you went through the tournament. Um, who do you each think was the most difficult opponent? Was it the San Francisco Shock, whom many considered to be you know, the number two behind you guys? Or was it the Washington Justice who gave you the best run for your money?
6: If think the tournament our 약간 나아졌잖아요. you 시작해서 it. I 이렇게 그래서 저희가 가장 상대하기 쉬웠던 어 do 누구인지. So you the you you opponent?
9: asking
6: about who
7: <웃음> 처음에는 이제 워싱턴이 제일 힘든다 생각했었는데 쇼크랑 어제 준결 승자조 결승에서 만났을 때 저희가 준비한 내시접이 잘안 통하는 걸 보고 스코어가
8: 제일 어려웠다고 생각해요.
0: <웃음>
8: 저희가 어? 그래요? 저희가 상대의 전적이 이제 다아 스코어가 점점 좋아지긴 했지만 좀 초반에는 절끼리 꼬인 느낌이어서 가지고 상대가 잘한다는 느낌보다는 아무래도 봐도 쇼크가 가장 잘했던 거 같아요. 저도 그렇게 생각합니다.
6: Fielders' answer was "At first, I definitely thought that Washington was the most difficult opponent, but yesterday after facing Shock, um, we realized that the Ash comp that we have been preparing um, wasn't really working against them, and that's why I want to say my answer for the most difficult opponent so far is was shock. And Chio's answer was, I'm sure uh, the match score kind of gives away an idea, or like it might give away the wrong idea. Um, I know that we have. Uh, improved day by day, but what actually happened at the beginning of the tournament was that we were a little flustered ourselves instead of the enemy being good, so I would also have to say that uh, Shock was the most uh, difficult opponent and Sparkle says, I agree with him.
9: Got it. Okay. Thank you guys very much. Congratulations.
6: Thank you.
0: So this is from Liz Richardson of Dotty Sports. So she asked, How do you think the next patch with Junker Queen nerfs will affect the team?
6: 해체, Junker Queen 들어오는데, uh, did Liz want to ask a specific player for anyone? I feel like she would want to hear from Hanbin, actually. Okay.
7: 장옥퀸을 너프 먹이고 만약에 그 장옥퀸을 못 쓴다고 가정해도 이번 컨설턴트를 네. 계기로 저희 선수들이 다 뭔가 깨닫지 않았을까요? 일단 저는 저 같은 경우도 뭔가 다른 이제 요공들을 해도 다 잘할 수 있을 것 같은 그런 자신감도 생기고 <웃음> 네네아 <웃음> <웃음> 오케이 <웃음> 더 잘할 것 같습니다 네. 이번 장옥퀸 너프 먹어도 네
6: <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, we can ask again, one hundred, sir. So even after the Junker Queen nerf, I believe that uh, throughout this tournament, we all learned that we, the entire team, all the players, are really good at playing any of the heroes. So if there is any comp that is thrown at us, we're we have gained enough confidence throughout this tournament that we know that we will pull it off. And even with the I think our team will perform really well despite that.
0: Okay. Um so um it was a nice moment having hanbin kiss the trophy first. What was the meaning behind that request and for Hanbin, what was your reaction to that? Like how did it feel to kind of be in the center of that stage and you know, have
6: that moment with the trophy. 한빈이 맨 처음으로 트로피를 받고 트로피 키스를 해달라는 그런 요청이 왔었는데 그 요청의 의미였, 의미는 뭐였는지 그리고 그 키스할 때그 관중 앞에서 환호를 받으면서 트로피를 들어 올린다는 게 어떤 기분이었어요?
10: 네 yeah. 그냥 이겨서 기분 좋았는데 그냥 트로피 이제 잡으려고 이제 앞으로 나가서 트로피 잡았는데 뒤에서 자꾸 뭐 트로피를 하라 그래가지고 저는 조금 부끄러웠는데 갑자기 하라 그래가지고 어 그냥 했어요 저도 모르게 그냥 기억이 안 남는 것 같아요 좀 부끄러워가지고
6: 기억이 안 나요? 아 uh, yeah I was ecstatic about the win and these people behind me kept urging like kept egging me on to kiss the trophy and i was really shy and embarrassed and i really didn't want to do it but you know uh, everyone started chanting and i honestly cannot remember anything after that and i, I did it and I, I just can't really recall anything this
5: is more so for for husband and yeah for these two um oh, where is the question here sorry there it is. Honestly. So ever since this version of the team won, obviously the main melee back in uh, 2021, you've consistently finished near the top of the Western Division. Uh, but now you're back at the top again. You know, getting that first place. Uh, how do you feel about winning it with this variation of your roster?
6: Last main 저희가 서부 쪽에서 어 높은 랭킹으로 항상 스테이지를 마무리했던 것 같은데, 어, 이거 한민 선수랑 러시아 감독님에게 드린 질문인데요. 아니면 두분중 두 하나가 얘기하시면 되는데, 어, 이 새로운 로스터로 이렇게 스테이지 우승을 했다는 게 어떤 소감인지?
10: 어, 일단, 솔직히 저는 이번에 새로운 로스터 들어오면서 이제 이제 치요 선수는 이제 리그에 처음 왔고 이제 에디슨 형이랑 이제 처음 맞춰 보는 건데 이번에 에디슨 형이 조금 솔직히 키도 크고 좀 무섭잖아요. 그래서 이제 이제 제가 못하면은 이제 갈굼 받고 그랬 줄 알았는데 생각보다 잘 맞고 저랑 합이 되게 잘 맞더라고요. 그래가지고 그냥 진짜 그냥 지금 멤버의 상태로 가면 진짜 다 이길 수 있을 것만 같은 자신감이에요. 지금.
6: Yeah, so we have had some changes in their rosters this season and we have Chio, who is um, basically spending his first year in the league with us and Edison um, that we get to um, synergize with for the first time in the league and as you can see he is very tall and scary and I thought you know I expected to be flamed whenever I just do badly but he's nice and we actually get along really well. We um, we have good chemistry, so I feel like if we keep on going with the current roster, um, we can definitely win the championship.
7: Uh, what do you mean? 어 일단 뭐 우승은 언젠간 할수 당연히 알, 알았죠. 그러기 위해서 이제 저희가 이제 이제 선수들을 새로 뽑고 기존에 있는 선수들도 있었고 이제 저희가 이제 그 선수들로 잘할수 있다는 믿음이 있었기 때문에 어뭐 딱히 뭐 거창하게 뭐예 없고 저는 무조건 이 선수들로 우승을 할수 있구나라고 옛날부터 생각했습니다.
6: 자 so... I had already known that we could definitely win with this roster. Um, this is, how, this is just how I built the team. And with the new players coming in that, that we picked, um, I knew that they're more than capable of doing their job and that they can play well. And I definitely believed in them. There's really no fancy other reasoning or other things that I can say about it. It's just that I believed that this is a winning roster.
0: Um, this is for um Edison. So, you've come close to winning um I guess a title or a trophy um a couple times um in your Overwatch League career. So, how does it feel to finally um be able to call yourself like a tournament champion?
6: Edison 선수에게 드리는 질문인데 어, 리그 커리어 중에서 타이틀을 얻을 수 있는 기회가 많았었어요 그 아주 어 거의 코끝 앞에 갔었다가 갇혔, 아쉽게도 놓쳤던 그런 <웃음> 상황이 많았었는데 이제 쇼다운 챔피언이라고 불릴 수 있잖아요 소금
8: 소금 어음 이번에 어, 작년도 그렇고 이번 연도 그렇고 한 결승을 올라간 적이 있었는데 어, 그때는 그렇게 자신감이 없었지만 지금은 그래도 팀이 되게 잘하고 있어서 그런 자신감을 얻고 어, 결승에서 되게 열심히 한것 같고 그리고 지금 기분이 매우 좋긴 한데 그래도 너무 쉽게 이겨버려서 그냥 yeah,
6: so I've made it to the finals a couple times this year and um, the last year as well, and I feel like what I lacked was confidence. And now, currently with my current team, um, we're doing very well, and I think I gained a lot of confidence through this tournament. And I worked really, really hard this finals, and I'm really happy. But It feels like this victory came so easily for us that it still feels sort of surreal to me.
0: Okay, so I'm going to ask a question from Liz again, Um, and if uh, Hanbin can answer it, that'd be great. So I'll just answer ask it again. So, how do you think the next patch with Junker Queens will affect the team?
6: 한빈 선수한테 드리는 질문인데, 그 다음 패치에 전거킹 너프가 오잖아요. 그래서 너프가 되면 우리 팀에게 어떤 영향을 미칠 것 같은지?
10: 어 일단 이번 시즌에 만약에 전거킹 너프가 도중에 이루어졌다면은 조금 타격이 클수 있겠는데 저희가 이번에 우승하면서 많이 성장했기 때문에 지금 당장 전거킹 너프가 된다고 해도 지금은 문제 없을 것
8: 같아요.
6: So I feel like if there was a Junker Queen nerf that took place in the middle of this stage, it might have impacted us a lot more than not. But I feel like at this point where I know that everyone grew as a player, I don't think um, any any sort of nerf will affect us in the future.
9: Hey guys, just Downey, Esports News Network. Uh, this question here is going to be for Rush. Uh, in Since the last Summer Showdown tournament, the LA Gladiators have won every uh, stage championship. Um, And even then, before that, it has only been the Shanghai Dragons and you for the entire rest of the last season. Why are there certain teams standing at the top of all of these stage tournaments, uh, despite roster changes and new seasons? It seems like you guys are still all together in the top of the pack. Why is that?
6: 러시 감독님께 드리는 질문인데요. 작년, 서머 쇼은, 어, 부터, 이제, 요번, 요번 세이지 전까지, 글라디가, 어, 그 타이틀을 계속 우승을 해왔는데, 끝에는 거의 다 상하이 드래곤즈랑 달라스가 항상 위에 있는 거를 그래도 찾아볼 수가 있었어요. 그래서 질문이, 어, 아무리 다른 팀들이 로스터 변화를, 뭐 적용을 하고 뭐 팀이 바뀌는, 바, 바뀐다고 하더라도 왜 자꾸 같은 팀들이 상위권에 생, 보이는 걸까요?
8: 어
7: 이제 일단 상하이랑 이제 저희 같은 팀은 이제 이미 이제 작년부터 거의 강팀으로 이제 다 이제 실력이 올라왔고 그런 팀들이 그래도 좀 못할 때가 있을 수도 있겠지만 금방 이제 또 다시 회복을 하기 때문에. So I feel like the narrative is that Shanghai and Dallas
6: are known to be the top team since last year and that's because we have definitely all heightened our skills um, as a team and of course they can't always do well Um, sometimes they don't play that uh, as well, they play bad but I feel like they always these sort of teams know how to recover quickly so I think that's why both Shanghai Dragons and Dallas won the titles this stage so, I think it's just that these teams are fully aware of how to win a game um, and they they know how to figure that out very quickly. So for why this uh why are their same teams um always in the top of the standings is because they've always been good, and it's just that they have been good in the past and they will always be good.
9: Interesting. Okay. Thank you very much and congratulations, guys.
1: Not a whole lot of earth shattering there. I mean a very confident team knew they're good, knew they're gonna win, came in and got the job done. Yeah.
2: And they were they were happy about it. Um I was was impressed with uh the question about the meta going forward, given we know Junker Queen will be uh nerfed. Um and
1: they're confident enough to believe they're so good that they don't want to unpack them. Although our no team is gonna say otherwise though. <laughs> No, no, let's just to say, like, especially in esports, right? Like, e- like, in esports, oh man, we're, we're, the, we're better than them. Like, you will hear pe- teams say that, um, when it's, when it's even close, mm-hmm. oh, we're better than them. Generally, you don't, when it's a clear difference, like, you don't go to the Vancouver Titans and say, oh yeah, we're better than the San Francisco Shock. But, you know, Houston talking yeah. about San Fran. Good example. We're better than them. Every role. Uh, it didn't work out. But, I'm curious, do you think they know what the meta shift will be? Because we know that Junker Queen was going to get tuned, but we we've not seen any any of the statistics. I'm going to presumptively take a stab and say the patch hasn't rolled been rolled out to them yet either,
2: because if I I wouldn't. I wouldn't think it has simply because they, they have to be practicing on something. Right. Um, So it -hmm. it wouldn't make sense for them to be practicing on or scrimming on a patch that hasn't been released, that they would be playing on a different patch entirely in the tournament. Right. So I, they, who knows what the coaches and the staff may hear about what's coming down the pipe. Um, You know, maybe they have an inside idea about it or, or, you know, some speculation, some educated speculation, But I can't imagine they they know too well.
1: And so it just could very well be confidence. I mean, it's a heck of a drug. But that is our weekend. The Dallas uh, Fuel are the champions of the Shummer Sodown in the West. Um, I guess we should probably touch on the fact that uh, there were two tournaments going on, uh, including one in the East. Uh, I don't think to anyone's surprise the uh, you know Shanghai Dragons uh, defeated the Seoul Dynasty. Uh, the score, though, was a little bit closer. It was 4-2, uh, Seoul having had beaten uh, the Philadelphia Fusion earlier in the day to, to take on uh, the Shanghai Dragons. But, um, you know, it'll be good to see these brackets brought together after the Countdown Cup uh, play-ins. And we're not going to get into that yet. But suffice to say, the way the season and the points are structured, it is pretty indicative as to who will be in and who may not be. Eh, There might be an upset, but we'll again all that for yeah. another episode. One,
2: one thing i did want to mention is i saw earlier today that uh, harsha former coach of of course the houston outlaws oh and the vancouver titans um and the san francisco shock actually uh he tweeted out honestly pretty interesting that as soon as the owl meta starts to favor team play more than before both shanghai and dallas rise back to the top seems like the balance changes that come with overwatch 2's release could impact team strength a lot so I found that pretty interesting because I also saw the tweets saying death to Jotes meta. Um, and of course that's been a narrative that we've heard this entire, uh, uh tournament cycle. And also I've made my opinion on it known that, you know, I, although I wouldn't necessarily want to see this for an entire season, like we did with goats or, you know, 75% of a season. Um, I do think that it's just another style of play and certain teams are going to be better than others. This meta favored Mm -hmm. the team synergy and the team play more than the individual uh, pop-off. But as I talked about before, when both come together and meet in the middle, as is the case with the gladiators in the past two tournament cycles before the summer showdown, we see that that still comes out on top. Um, So anyways, just an interesting, little little anecdote from uh, former Vancouver Titans was he the GM when he was with Vancouver was he coach
1: I think so I believe his title was director of operations at one point but that right. might have been self And he was kind of doing a bit of both ed- wasn't he 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 was yeah he that's was doing I mean, everything. everything like I don't think that it was you know any anyone would suggest yeah. otherwise maybe except for the Vancouver Titans executive
2: <laughs> the organization tree
1: cuz well and that's the thing is in, in that season there wasn't an organization tree it was it, 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 it was team tim holloway and his quote-unquote yeah. team right and and there was some thought that maybe luminosity right. might have been involved in the picture like steve maeda but again it was so unclear all i know is that uh, at that point harsha yeah. did a lot i'm surprised he wasn't the he wasn't also in the kitchen he cooking.
2: hey crusty apparently does that
1: <laughs> yeah, he, well. he loves
2: to cook apparently but
1: yeah But here we are at the end of our fourth bonus episode. We'll be back again in a few days' time with our our normal uh, episode. We'll get to Alex's thoughts on uh, on the tournament, uh, anything else that might have uh, trickled in since then. Um, to give you some uh, insight as to where we will go next, uh, we'll have a weekish of real no Overwatch League action, obviously. Uh, so in a week or two weeks at time, we'll have uh, Samson, who you Vancouver Titans fans will probably know of, maybe a few of you Toronto Defiant fans too. Uh, he'll talk a little bit about his experience uh, as a fan who traveled to Toronto for the tournament. And uh, then we'll get back into the final few weeks of the season uh, before we head into the playoffs and the eventual grand final obviously as always make sure you take part in the conversation in rsb discord that's discord.io slash ready set uh it's a great place to just hang out have a conversation uh today we were talking about whether or not working from home is a good thing or not uh, it's to give you an idea of what sometimes occurs when toronto and vancouver are no longer in action we as a group collectively talk about life uh you can also obviously follow us uh, on social uh, at ready set pwn is uh, who we are and always you know Share your thoughts, comments, tell us uh, how awesome we are or how awesome we're not. Any and all uh, comers will be conversed with. But on behalf of the Deadlift Jordan at Sir Doctor JM, Omni at Omni myself, Chris at Lightforce, signing off this episode with Catchphrase.